following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. Thanks for this morning that we can be here to hear your word. We pray, uh, Lord, as Ben preaches, that you would open our hearts, Mm -hmm. that you would let us hear what we need to hear today, that this story of Mary and Martha would be one that while it's ancient, it still blesses Mm. us because it's your word. Yes. Your son, Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. Love you, man. Well, good morning. morning. It's so good uh, to be with you guys, and uh, happy Father's Day to you, and I guess uh, Ted, I, it's my honor. I guess this is the first time that someone is able to say to you, Happy Father's Day, right? And so we're just so thankful uh, for uh, how God has brought these beautiful young ladies uh, into your life. And I had a, uh, the pleasure of meeting them this morning, and they are gorgeous uh, girls. And so uh, now, unfortunately, today I, I don't really have a Father's Day message, uh, which all the fathers can go, whoo. He's not going to pick on us today. Um, but I think kind of my philosophy is if you talk about Jesus, you're going to catch everybody else. If you just talk about dads and then sprinkle Jesus on the end, that's not going to help anybody. You understand what I'm saying? And so I think this morning, uh, really just to uphold and uplift the person of Jesus. And I believe that uh, all of us will be uh, caught. Um, I feel like the Lord, uh, as I've been praying about uh, coming here today, I feel like there's a couple things. One, I feel like the Lord has given me a word that's specifically corporate uh, for this house. Um, but I believe as, as we go through this today, that corporate word, I, I believe, will filter down uh, individually. And so I had a strong sense this morning as the Lord uh, led me to this, was to uh, was specifically for uh, Pastor Ted um, and the House of Narrative, and it's interesting that when he he asked me about the story, I thought about some of the stories as a kid that I really resonated with. Um, stories like uh, wanting to be David, right? Not Harp David, but Goliath David, Stone David, right? So not that there's anything wrong with Harp David, uh, but, but there's something in us guys that are like, man, I, you know, put me in front of some Philistines, right? Give me some stones to sling, right? Um, yeah, so, so, or like, you know, Gideon, right? Just these incredible men of God, or Noah. I mean, can you imagine being Noah, like just kind of kicking off the dock in the boat, Right? <laughs> And it's weird. Noah's a weird story because it's, you don't see a lot of that. You know, when you see Noah's story in like kids' rooms, you got like the giraffe with his head out the window and the hippos smiling, but you don't ever see all the people drowning, right? (laughs) You don't ever see that, right? So, but like being Noah or being one of the prophets, I mean, my goodness, can you imagine being a prophet where you just declared the word of the Lord and nobody listened? Woo! Man, I want to be a prophet. 
right? So I remember growing up as a kid and seeing all these stories in Scripture and just being like, yeah, that's a great story. That's a great story. But as I've gotten older, one of the stories that's been so near and dear to my heart that the Lord is impressed, and again, I believe this is a, a corporate word for you today, has, is the story of Mary and Martha. I know it doesn't sound exciting. I know it's Father's Day and there's two women in the story. I get all that. But, but it's, a, it's, it's just near and dear to me because what's interesting is you only see Mary three times in the New Testament. Now, here's what's interesting when you see Mary. Every time you see Mary, she has the same posture. She's at the feet of Jesus. It's incredible. It's incredible to see this, this woman always in the scriptures and her posture remaining the same over and over and over again. You see her postured at the feet of Jesus. So if I could give this word or this message a title, it would simply be this. Becoming feet sitters. Becoming feet sitters. Before we get into the text, let's, let's pray one more time together. Holy Spirit, would you come? Holy Spirit, would you come and make alive the word? Lord, may you, may you uh, send your spirit here to allow the word to cut through bone and marrow. I mean... Imagine all of the stuff, Lord, that we are going through, all the things in our minds, and your spirit and your word has to cut through all of that. The depression, anxiety, fear, um, pain, hurt, loss. So today we come today and we just ask, would you have your way? Would you move according to your plan? Would you speak your words. Would you, Holy Spirit, use this weak and sinful man? Would you speak through your word, through your servant, so that we might see Jesus, so that your word might convict, not condemn, but convict, because when conviction comes, freedom is really close by. So today, would you bring that, Holy Spirit? Would you make us alive again? Would you open our eyes and open our ears? And so we hand this meeting over to you, Holy Spirit, and we say, have your way. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let's take a look, if you have your Bibles this morning. And just to save uh, Pastor uh, Ted some emails, um, I, I didn't come from a Baptist stream. I didn't come from a Pentecostal stream. I didn't come from a charismatic stream because you're going to feel that because I'm loud. I'm going to start to sweat. I may even run around the room a little bit if I get too excited. So, but just to save him some emails, no, I, I grew up in the Lutheran church. I'm so Lutheran. I think I was conceived in a Lutheran church. I mean, that's how deep I am in it. And so just to save him some emails, okay, it, it's not that I, and there's nothing wrong with those streams. I love those streams. I got brothers and sisters in those streams. Here, here's the thing. I'm just a lover. I'm just a lover. And I got the same thing you got. I got the, the risen Christ, the crucified risen Christ, and the promise of the Spirit in me. That's it. There's no extra stuff. It's just, it's just Jesus 
and the Holy Spirit loving Abba Father. I'm just in love. <laughs> okay, so I might run a lap or two, okay? So just don't, 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 get, don't get crazy, okay? So let's take a look at this. This, this is uh, Luke. Make sure I get my passage here right. So Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. And man, as I get older, these words get smaller. <laughs> Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Okay, let me see here. There we go, verse 38. Now, let's take a look at this. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. I want you to think about that. Let's, let's pause there for a minute. Here is Jesus coming with the disciples, and there's a woman, Martha, and she welcomes Jesus into her house. Now, maybe, maybe there's something here for us that can give us a foundational picture of our gathering. Maybe what we see here is a foundational element of when we gather, when we call ourselves the people of God, when we gather in a school or we gather in another building or we gather in a home and there's believers there and the word's there and the spirit's there and God is at work and the spirit is at work and it's considered and calls itself a people of God. Maybe the foundational element, and this is just maybe, is not how many people are there, but whether he's there. Maybe the foundational element of a people who consider themselves on mission, who consider themselves a part of the Great Commission, who are co-laborers, co-mission, church planters, missionaries, people of God who have the Spirit of God in them. Maybe the foundational element is not how do we get everybody here. Maybe the foundational element is here how do we get him here? How do we welcome him in here? And trust me, I, man, I, I, I've church planted for 15 years, man, so I'm preaching to Ben today, okay? So, so but I get it. I, see, I get it. I, and I know there's nothing wrong with it. It's not illegal. But, but I, I hear things like, well, if your church didn't exist, if your church closed, would the community be aware Right? I mean, this, this is what church planners, this is what guys like me and Ted, this is kind of the, the thing that gets put on our plate. Right? Like if, you, if your church didn't exist here, would, would the community even care or matter? And I don't think that's an illegal question. But I think there's an underlying question. If the spirit of Jesus wasn't here, would you know? If the spirit of Jesus was not here, would the people of God even be aware? See, maybe the foundation isn't that we're not called to the nations. It's not called. We're not. It's, yes, we're called to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. But, but, but maybe the first call is simply this. Is he here? Is he present? Can we sense him? Is this his meeting? Is this his worship service? 
Is all that we're doing and all that we're saying, is it, is it Jesus that we are hoping shows up in the word, in the sacraments, and in ways maybe that we can't explain? Like a cloud <laughs> or a pillar of fire. What if he wants to show up in a way you're not ready for? What if he shows up in a way that you weren't grown up to see? See, maybe the foundation is, is he here? And she had a sister called Mary. This is incredible. Watch the posture of the sister, Mary. She sat at the Lord's feet. And she listened to his teaching. She sat at the Lord's feet. Now, if Jesus was coming to your house, do you think there were things that you would have to prepare? I mean, not me. Maybe my kids would have to vacuum a little bit. Right? It's Father's Day. I can get away with it. Right? Like today I get to like, I, I, got, I get all the, hey, I need you to do this. And I need you to do this. And I need you to, I get away with it today. Right? But imagine all the stuff that you would be thinking about. And Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, just listening to him, just looking at him, just beholding him, just loving him, just gazing at him, just staring at him, not distracted by anything else because she's in love. She is in love. And the lover of her soul has come into the house. The lover of all that she is and all that she's ever going to be is sitting right in front of her. And she's gazing at him, learning from him, listening to him. She believes Jesus is beautiful. He's more precious than gold. He's all in all. He's everything to her. And she's just gazing. Man. But Martha was distracted with much serving. But Martha was distracted with much serving. See, it's not just, is Jesus here? The question is, are we responding and giving Jesus what he wants? I mean, just... Ponder that for a second. It's not just that Jesus comes and he wants to come and he wants to be here. How many know Jesus actually wants to be here? <laughs> despite our brokenness, despite our sinfulness, despite our, all the stuff, that the baggage that we bring into this room, how many of you know Jesus still wants to be here? And when he comes, there's a way for us to respond. And we can respond by gazing at him and loving him. Or we can respond by being distracted. We can respond by him being the center point. Him being all in all. Him being alpha and omega. Him being all things to him, through him, and for him. We can respond with this is his. This church is his. I don't build his church. He builds his church. So it means that if he builds his church, guess who it belongs to? Him. It's his. It's not Ted's. It's not yours. It's not come to my church. <laughs> you own nothing. 
It's all his. How many of you know that when you came to faith, when you came to faith in Christ, you actually died and you lost all your rights? This, this is the reality. And so we can come and we can gather and we can say, it's yours. You are worthy. You are holy. You are kind. You are loving. You are patient. You are all in all. You are the tree of life. You are Noah's ark. You are the one lifted up in the desert. You are the better priest. You are the better king. You are the better prophet. You are everything and you're all in all. We love you. We love you. So that can be our posture. Or it can be I don't like where my chair's at. I can't believe they don't have my name on it yet. I can't believe there's not a sign out there for my parking spot. I can't believe they're not doing worship the way I like it. I can't, why, why isn't there more smoke and mirrors? Why isn't there more lights, right? Why, why isn't there more this and that? And why isn't the, the kids' ministry going today? Why don't they have our own space? Why, so we can get all distracted on what we got to do and serving and miss the one that comes in the room. Jesus says, do not miss the hour of your visitation. We can actually miss him. And when we are, <laughs> this is going to be good, when we, when we are focused on us and our church, watch what happens. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. See, this is, this is what happens when when, we, when our focus is not just on him, then our focus goes to people. And when our focus goes to people, here's what happens. They're not doing what I wanted them to do. Or how about this? They're not growing the way I think they should be growing. Why aren't they more present? How come they didn't show up to this? Or how come they didn't show up to that? Where are they at? Where's he at? Where's they at? How, how come they're not here? How come they're not serving? How come they're not jumping on a team? How come they're not doing this? How come they're not doing that? And all of a sudden, right, it's like, no, 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 no. How come they're not growing at the speed of Ben? See, when, when, it, when it becomes focused like that, we forget that we're looking at him and we're all called to grow at the speed of Jesus. Not the speed of Ben, not the speed of a program but the speed of Jesus, the speed of Jesus. And we know this is not what Jesus is desiring because he has to say Martha's name twice. <laughs> Anytime you see something in the scripture that has to be said twice, <laughs> pay attention, right? This is like my oldest daughter. When, when her dog Maverick is in trouble, Right? I didn't even know dogs had last names, right? <laughs> Maverick Kangar. Like Maverick Kangar. I didn't even know dogs got last names, right? But this this 
double name. This double name means what Jesus is about to say, we should pay attention. We should pay attention to what he's about to say. And listen, if we know the heart of Jesus when he responds, it's always out of love. Even the rich young ruler, right? It says that, it says that the scripture says that, and Jesus loved him. And Jesus loved him. Even when Jesus has to say some things to help us refocus, it's always out of love. It's always wooing you to come back, not to what you want, but to what you need. It's always wooing you back to him. It's always wooing you back to relationship. It's always wooing you back to staring and gazing at the beauty and the majesty of the king. It's always calling us forward to him. So he responds. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. You are anxious and you are troubled. See, on the sight of serving and on the side of trying harder and on the side of we just got to get this done, I'm telling you guys, I'm a church planter. I've learned how to grind. And I'm telling you, when he's not the focus, all you get is trouble and anxiety. That's all you get. The only platter you get served in striving the only platter that we get to eat when it's ours and mine and we must and we got to, I'm telling you, the only food that gets served is trouble and anxiety and it burns people out. So maybe what Jesus is more focused on is he's looking for lovers and not workers. Maybe, maybe, just maybe. He's looking for people who just want to gaze at him. I'm not talking about laziness. I'm talking about love. I just want to gaze at you. You're everything to me. You're all in all. And maybe Jesus is looking for lovers more than he's looking for workers. And isn't it interesting? And I love the pastors. I, 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 I you know, the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few, Right? But the Bible doesn't say, therefore, go and build a leadership pipeline. That's not what it says. It doesn't say the harvest is plentiful. And man, there's a lot. There ain't no workers here, man. So you better get on that strategy. You, you better sign up for that new program that's going to get people in the door. Doesn't say that. Doesn't say put together this incredible pipeline where people go from step one, right? Class 101, class 201, class 301, class 401, and then you'll have some workers. I got a couple of scars from church planning, so all right. So <laughs> but 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 what does the text say? It says pray. So what's What's your and I responsibility? It's not to produce workers. It's to pray. It's to pray. That's our responsibility. It's to pray. And I know it sounds counterproductive. It doesn't, doesn't it? No, man, I want to get my hands dirty, man. I'm ready to take the mountain, man. We're ready to put the flag in. We're ready to take it on. I mean, Georgetown is ours. Huddo's ours. Pflugerville's ours. We're going to take it all over. <laughs> Trust me, I'm a church planner, man. I know. You want to conquer it all. 
Well, maybe the way to conquer is actually on your knees. Maybe you're not even called to do the conquering. Maybe you're called to do the praying. Maybe you're not called to build something great. Maybe you're just called to stare and gaze at the one who can build all things. This is, this is what we see. And then Jesus just, listen to what he says. This is just remarkable. He says, but one thing is necessary. Just let that sit for a minute. One thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen that good portion. It doesn't mean what Martha's doing is illegal. It doesn't mean that what Martha's doing isn't important. It's just not the most important. It's not what Jesus deems necessary. Jesus actually believes he's necessary. <laughs> Jesus actually believes that you need him. Oh my gosh. How dare him? <laughs> Jesus actually believes that with him, apart from him, you can do nothing. He actually believes this. He actually believes he is necessary. He believes that when you boil it all down, he is what is necessary. And I'm telling you, the temptation is to fall into the trap of religion and say, no, it's Jesus plus this. It's Jesus plus our building. It's Jesus plus our programs. It's Jesus plus our methods. It's Jesus plus our style. It's Jesus plus whatever it is. There's this temptation in us to say, wait a minute, Jesus, just, he's just not enough. There must be more. And you're going to hear that from culture. You're going to hear it. You're going to hear it from culture. You're going to hear it from people saying, no, 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 there must be something else. It has to be Jesus plus your effort. It has to be Jesus plus this. It has to be Jesus plus that. Until you sit at the feet of Jesus and he says, I'm all you need. If you want a great church, how about you let me build it, Ben? That's what Jesus says. I I'm all that you need. I'm all and all. I'm everything. I'm everything that you need. So I, I wonder today, how, how's it going with becoming a feet sitter? It's almost counterproductive, I know. But how, how is just sitting and gazing and looking at the beauty of Jesus? Let me ask you this. How's your soul? How's your soul? Because you know, sometimes we can get caught so much in working for Jesus that we miss the work that he actually wants to do on our soul. Let me show you, let me show you this, just so you don't think I'm making things up. Look at Matthew 11. This is incredible. This passage really, really helped me in a time where um, I, I just, I fell into the trap of believing I was my title. 
I, I fell into the trap of believing I was my, my church planting experience. And I found myself in a very, very dark place, anxious and troubled. And I'm telling you, I, wanna, I, I can't save you. Only Jesus can save you. But if I could say something, I, I want to save you. I want to save you from this. I want to give you something so that you can see the temptation, the temptation to become what the world says you should be, the temptation to, to think that, that, that there are certain criteria that makes you a successful church. I want to save you from all the anxiety and the trouble of thinking if we just had this and we just had this and we just had this, then we'll be a successful church. And I just want to, I want to renounce that in the name of Jesus. Because, because what if, what if the goal, what if the goal at sitting at the feet of Jesus was just to look like him? <laughs> what if that was the church's Goal. What if that was the church's process? Was it, was it how do we get people to look like us? What if the goal was helping people get to the gaze and the love and the intimacy that they can have with Jesus so that they start to smell like him? Because <laughs> you don't want to smell like me. Okay? So, so what, if the, what if the goal, according to Scripture, is... That we become like him. Oh, we failed if the job is for you to look like me. I mean, I'm good looking, but, but, but the goal is it to, to look like Ben. The goal is to actually look like Jesus. And what if, what if the posture was just staring at him so that he could pierce into our souls? And see us and remind us who we are in him. To siphon out all the lies. What if the goal was to look like him? And I, I, I'm going to say it, but a lot of people, they look a lot like Facebook. They look a lot like Instagram. They look a lot like TikTok. They look a lot like Snapchat. They look a lot like Mastodon. I mean, I can't even keep up anymore. And I'm not on any of them. <laughs> But but what if but if what if it was just to, what if it's just like the one we're in love with? Let's look look at this Matthew eleven. This is an incredible passage. I know you, I'm not going to say anything you probably haven't heard already, but this is just an incredible passage. This is Matthew eleven twenty eight. Matthew eleven twenty eight. This is beautiful. Listen to Jesus. Listen to his words to you this morning. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden anxious, troubled, heavy laden, burdened. And I'll give you rest. Do you hear that promise? I'm not going to give you more striving. I'm not going to give you another to-do list. I'm not going to give you all these things that will make me really happy and then I'll finally love you. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me. Isn't that what Mary's doing? She's simply at the feet of Jesus. She's learning from the one she loves. What if it was just about not just feet sitting? What if it was about being yoked to Christ? You know what a yoke is? A yoke is when two beasts who are going to plow the ground 
have these harnesses put on them so that they're stuck together. They're co-laboring. It's a yoke that they put on so that they're tethered together. Do you understand that when you sit at the feet of Jesus, you are tethering yourself to him? This is the yoke. When my wife and I, we got married, one of the Hispanic traditions is that when the, the couple gets married, they kneel and they get a, what they call a lasso. A lasso from the old days from Hispanic cowboys. And, and, and it, simpli- it, it signifies that the, the, the guy has lassoed his girl. Or in our case, the girl lassoed the guy. <laughs> right, right? So they kneel and the, the, the lasso is put on them because they're yoked together. In a marriage ceremony, that yoking is a picture of what happens when you're a feet sitter. It's what happens. You're yoked. You're carrying each other's burdens and they're fulfilling the law of Christ. You're in deep intimacy where you aren't walking alone and you're becoming like the one you love. You're becoming like the one you love. So what do you have to do? Just let them yoke you. <laughs> just let them just let them lasso you. Let them woo you. This, this is the posture of becoming a feet sitter. It's just, it's, it goes against everything in our culture that says strive and climb the ladder and try harder. It goes against every church growth rule that's out there that says just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Listen, what if, what if you woke up every morning and you realized I don't have to climb a ladder. I'm already at the top because of Christ. Wouldn't that be beautiful? Let me pray for you guys this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that Jesus is the word. And we ask today that your spirit would help us, would help us to lay down any striving, would help us to lay down anything that causes anxiety and that's burdensome. Lord, just... We ask by your spirit, you would help us this morning. Just, just lay it down and then just receive our oneness with Christ. Receive being yoked to Christ. Receive sitting at the feet of the one we love. Help us today, Lord. Help us by your spirit. Help us to be lovers. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.